0: You know, before I was a really good painter, we uh, the landlord painted my mom's apartment. And he got this dude named Arturo to come paint it. And this guy was a wild dude, bro. He had on the craziest jerry-curled mullet I could ever imagine. He was extremely skinny with one tooth. And he was probably the biggest Mickey Mantle fan of all time. Because he, I had a t-shirt on. You know, Yankee Mantle shirt on, whatever. And he saw it and he was like, Oh my god, man. That's a Mickey Mantle shirt? Mickey Mantle? I'm like, Oh, Mickey Mantle? Yeah, Mickey Mantle. No, 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 no. Mickey Mantle, Mickey Mantle. Oh my god, when I was a kid, growing up as a kid, I used to watch him play all the time, man. He was a bullet. He had a fucking bullet to left field, a fucking bullet to right field, a fucking bullet over the fence. Mickey Mantle was the man, bro. He was the man, bro. And I'm like, Yeah, he was absolutely mad, man. I'm so happy to see him play, you know? Oh my god, man. Mickey Mantle was the fucking best fucking player in the world, bro. The best player in the world, Mickey Mantle, bro. And that's exactly how we spoke. And if I could talk any faster, I would, because this dude was talking a mile a minute. But that was the Toro, and uh, I bring that up because the whole episode is really based off a Mickey Mantle home run that I did when I was uh, growing up. This episode is also sponsored by Gamer Juice, which is the official sponsor of Shotty Too Hottie. If you don't know what Shotty Too Hoty is, then I recommend at uh, Eastern Standard Time uh, twelve fifteen, you turn on your YouTube videos and you check out the latest stream of the new internet sensation Shotty Too hotty playing his Minecraft over at the Unofficial Controller Podcast live stream. Okay, so thank you, Gamer Juice. I appreciate it. If you want to know what Gamer Juice does to you, then you need to watch. The Unofficial Controller Podcast and Shotty to Hottie. So, without further ado, let's get it on. Hello, hello, welcome to another episode of Bobby's World Podcast. Um, last week, I had at least two people in Romania, and now, I got four people in Australia. So, thank you, Australia. I'm happy that my basic podcast is reached all the way across the other side of the world. It's pretty cool. Um... I got some sunburn on my head because I did a quarantine haircut so like I mentioned before instead of doing a fade it just became a step and I was outside having a barbecue in the alleyway of my apartment with a couple friends really just five of us so it's not that big of a party but whatever and my top of my head is on fire okay it's actually red it hurts. I have like a Jack Nicholson hairline, so the very top of my forehead, where my hair would turn like Jack, especially if you look at The Shining. I mean, I have more hair than him. I'm just saying that's that's the outline of my hair. It's super red there, so it kind of hurts when I touch it. When I shower, it hurts. Uh, whatever. My legs are in pain because I think I walked seven miles in a row for four days in a row so today i'm not doing anything uh my legs are actually killing me they feel like cinder blocks that's how hard they are on my thigh which i guess is good you know exercise is good but i'm feeling it now i'll tell you that but um i love barbecues bro i could do barbecue every week and people think oh barbecues you know hamburgers hot dogs all that other stuff but let me tell you you something okay I've been to a lot. I've been to a lot of barbecues, right? You have your typical American barbecue where they have like hamburgers, hot dogs, you know, whatever. Um, and then sometimes they do some vegetables. Sometimes they barbecue whatever. You get potato salad. Yeah, that's cool. That's like a tra- a traditional like American barbecue, you know. But I've been to a Jamaican barbecue, and let me tell you something, bro. They ain't making hamburgers over there. Okay, they're making jerk chicken from the grill, and that shit is delicious, bro. It's absolutely delicious. Okay, Uh, my friends have been to Mexican barbecue, and they grill chorizo and the skirt steak that they make, bro. Okay, and then you get the horchata when you go to to Mexican barbecue, and it's one of my favorite barbecues. Okay, Um, I've been to Korean barbecue and they they use their little short ribs. I forgot exactly what it's called, but damn, bro, you know, an Irish barbecue, they do lots of lamb. So it really depends on the ethnicity uh of the people's barbecue you're going to. And you almost cannot fuck up a barbecue unless the person who's doing the barbecuing is drunk. You know what I mean? For example, you know, my friend Jackie, you know, her husband Angelo, you know, I was hanging out with, with my boy Derek, you know, who is, uh, you know, Jackie's uh, brother-in-law, her, her, his wife Hannah, who's pregnant. I want to see him this weekend so we can make fun of Angelo again like we always do. So every every time we go to the house together and they're invited, we do the little barbecue the make hamburgers and, you know... Usually, when you make a hamburger and a barbecue, you know, you throw some spices on it. You know, like, for example, my boy John, his brother Orlando, a.k.a. Brolando, right? He took about 25 minutes to really season and make these burgers like 3-4 ounces, right? I don't know what seasoning he used, But it smelled delicious, and when he was cooking them, I wanted to eat them raw. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. It was probably one of the best hamburgers I've had on a barbecue, besides the typical hamburgers flavor. You know, salt, pepper, ketchup, pepper, ketchup. You heard what I said? Salt and pepper. You know, a little bit of cheese, whatever cheese you like. I like going crazy with cheese. Not 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 just American cheese. You got you know throw some provolone on that bitch. Why not? You know? Get some, like, monster cheese. I'll I'll do brie. Whatever. I'm not a fan. I'm not scared of cheese. You throw it on there, I'll eat it. Swiss cheese, eh. You know, nice sharp cheddar. Whatever. But he made his hamburgers. Took him about, like I said, 20, 25 minutes to to, to season it. He let it sit. He, He let the spices soak in. And then when he grilled them, I mean, my God, bro. These hamburgers were amazing. But... Not comparing Brolando to Angelo, but you know, and maybe because he's Greek, and Greek people just know how to use a grill. But me and okay, me and Derek were chilling, watching him with the hamburger, and I'm like, so no seasoning? He just took it out of the out of the out of the plastic on the grill. That's it. So I don't know if it was the charcoal. That gave it flavor, or whatever he put in that in that in that the hamburgers were good. You know, they were not bad, but they weren't Berlando's. And I'm thinking to myself, me and Derek thought to ourselves, like, you know what? If you just put a little bit of salt and pepper on that bitch, you, you know, it might have had a little bit more flavor. I don't know. But they were good. Nonetheless, they were good. But, you know, the smell of the jerk seasoning for bro you get jerk seasoning on shrimp you know on a a chicken wings chicken thighs chicken legs i mean it's amazing bro right i mean I, i love lamb on a grill i'm telling you i wish i grilled more right uh you know, Chemo. My friend Chemo is the one who does all the all the grilling on the side of the apartment over there. I'm not touching the grill. I don't want to. I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to bleed it out. I don't want to dry anything up. All I know is that when you're making a hamburger on the grill, do not push it down. Okay. If you push it down, then that's a problem. So you're you're gonna squeeze all the juice out, and you're gonna you're gonna have a dry ass hamburger. Leave the juices in. Do not push down the spatula. I know you want to, but don't. All right. Hot dogs. Listen. Not too much of a fan of them, but for some reason, on a on a barbecue, I want at least one hot dog with possibly some sweet relish and some mustard and a hamburger. But like I said, I could do a barbecue every week. You don't have to just make hamburger. Like I said. Short rib, lamb, chicken. You can do the vegetables on that. So, as long as you have a grill, you know, you can make little kebabs, little shish kebabs. So, you know, barbecuing is amazing. I wish I could barbecue more often. You know, when I, when I get my house or I move and I got a little balcony, I'll barbecue all the time. I think the vegetables taste great. Everything tastes great in the barbecue. That's just That's just my, you know, that's just me, you know. So... Uh, we're gonna have barbecue this weekend, which is why I'm, I'm which we had one this weekend. And I'm going to another one. So, anybody else out there who hasn't barbecued, let me know. And you know, if I can, I'll come over and I'll bring some beer and I'll eat your food. That's uh, that's a fact. So, it was pretty cool that um. you know, moving on to video games now. I really only played Diablo 3, you know. So, uh, the, the, listen, 500 bounties almost became a chore. It was getting tedious and I was getting angry and I was getting bored. 500 bounties is a lot of bounties, regardless if you're doing it by yourself or you're doing it with friends. It just comes to the point where you want to do the bounty, move on, right? So the three of us, you know, me, my stepfather, Danny, my boy, Marlon. Helped each other out when we could, but mostly that was a solo effort. So I put on what whatever music, I put on, you know, other people's podcasts, like, you know, unofficial controller podcast, I put on precisely podcast, uh, the GOGP show, you know, the trash tapes. I, you know, just to listen to something while I'm doing this tedious, tedious task of 500 bounties. Uh, some of them are listen. Some of them are minutes. Some of them are less than a minute. Some of them are five minutes. It's it's a pain in the ass. So that was the really grindy, grindy ass trophy. But we all did it. We so now we only have to do hardcore, and I'm like, you know what? We can all do it. So it was me, my stepfather, Danny, my boy Marlon. We all picked the Necromancer, and we started our hardcore journey with li- you know, little with little issue. Every now and then, yeah, you got hit, you held, you know, you healed, whatever. But in, in hardcore and Diablo, if you guys don't know, when you die, that's a wrap. So if you die, let's say level twenty-five, you guys start all over again, with a new character. Now it wouldn't be that bad because if you died, we would have to play again. We're not gonna abandon you, but it got to the point where, okay, it. I don't think we're gonna make level seventy by the time we beat uh mithril, who's the last level boss in the game. Um I wanted the trophy to pop at the same time. But it wasn't gonna happen. So we were like probably level fifty six, fifty seven when we beat the games. So all we had to do was hardcore uh reach level seventy in hardcore mode. So we had to do rifts. Now depending on what items you have or what jewels you have, you know you can you can gain more experience than the other person without um you know by killing more, by killing more demons and creatures whatever so it was like kind of neck and neck but then sometimes I kill more than you or you kill more than me and then you know that's when our experience differs a little bit so I knew once we all hit 69 I hit 69 first then Marlon I had like about a bar and a half then Marlon hit it and then Danny was behind a little bit by two bars so I knew there's no way we're all gonna get to level seventy trophy at the same time, but I figured we're all gonna get it within a few minutes of each other, which is which will be which is awesome. Um, so in the rifts, we're doing rifts, and I'm like, oh my god, uh, we almost died a few times in the rift because you get remember lots of creatures in the rift. The rift is on a regular level, and I did it on hard difficulty because I felt it'll give us a little bit more experience to do it a little bit faster rather than normal. And I felt we were strong enough, which we were strong. We were strong enough, <clears throat> but we didn't have the proper defense. So we had to, you know, really pay attention to our armor, whatever, whatnot, powers, and we just stood back. Basically, the necromancer, she's a ranged character. I mean, she could reach from a distance. You don't have to be next to anybody to fight as her. So she was actually it's a pretty good. She's a pretty good character. It's a DLC character. Um, so we played it as her. We almost died. All three of us almost died. I mean, we—I was about a pubic hair away from dying, and I really wish I could have saved or recorded the last ten minutes of that, um, of that game because the amount of screams and oh my god, no shit, roll, roll, roll run, run, you know, was really—it uh, was intense, dude. And then I said, you know what? You okay? The platinum's coming up. As soon as I hit. The level 70 trophy, everybody got to look, look, like, try to look to, at the TV. Take your character and look at, forward at the TV so I can get a nice picture. Uh, my picture was uh, insane. Lots of death. I don't know where anybody was. Okay, Marlon got it next. His picture was just as bad. And then Danny's picture, he was actually nowhere near us. So, you know, I figured, okay, I wanted to take that picture and, like, co- like commemorate it as the three of us got the platinum together, which was pretty dope. But it didn't work that way. But, you know, I still have the picture. It's just not what I wanted. But either way, we still did it. Uh, Overall, the game was good. But like I mentioned before in the other podcast, listen. Okay? If once you beat the game, right, and you're not into rifts or greater rifts or whatever, then there is no point of keep playing. There's just no point to it. Because all you're going to do is level up, get better weapons, level up, get better weapons and go to a higher difficulty and it's a cycle. So it can get very boring. Um obviously friends, you know, help it, but how much longer can you play Diablo 3 once you get everything you need? Like I've seen some people paragon after you hit level 70, you get different levels of paragon, which then you can upgrade your character to do stronger difficulties. Once you get to level... I've seen people 3500 Paragon. So they've been playing for quite some time. I just don't see the point of it. That's just me. Obviously people do. Because they're playing it still. And that's cool. Like I said, I like the game. I just think if you don't have a friend. Or you're not going for the Platinum. The game could be kind of... You know, it's a one and done. Basically. You're not into that multiplayer. Or you're not into you know leveling up whatever so uh you know that's that just my opinion so i got it's a good game but it's 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 really the style that that you want to play in so um no that was good i finished that and then i was talking to my boy george from Unfiltered controller podcast and he mentioned me about if i ever seen i forgot how the conversation came up but uh if he if I ever watched the battered bastards of baseball on Netflix, I said no. What is that? So he told me to documentary about Bing Russell and the independent Mavericks baseball team in the seventies. You know, and I was like, never heard of this. No clue. Now when he said Bing Russell, I didn't think of Bing Russell from but from, from from Bonanza at all. Uh, uh, Bing 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 Russell is really. I mean you know what no matter what time you record a garbage truck will come to your podcast I mean isn't that unbelievable it's fucking amazing so um, Bing Russell is Kurt Russell's father I love Kurt Russell and I had no idea that Bing Russell was in Bonanza even though I've seen it with my family so that's just insane Uh, apparently documentary came out in 2015 so I have no idea And what's most shocking is that George is from England. Uh, So he's a huge baseball enthusiast. He's wearing the best jersey of all time, a Yankee jersey. So respect there. You know, he knows his history as far as sports go. I think he is a history buff. So when he told me about this, I'm like, bro, an English guy is telling me about a baseball documentary that I never heard of? That's wild. So I don't know if... Netflix didn't do such a good job at promoting it or what. But it never popped up in my newsfeed or anything. I had to actually search for it and then it popped up. So that was crazy. So whatever, I watched it and it was an actually amazing documentary. I really enjoyed it. I told all my friends about it. They never heard of it. My brother, who is in sports, you know, he basically lives in shit sports, all day, basically, he eats it and shits it out, and he eats it, and he's just into sports. Um, you know, I'm into sports too, don't get me wrong. It's New York Rangers Stanley Cup week from '94, so that's that's amazing. So, I'm I am into it, just not as I was into it, and I'm not into baseball as much as I, as I used to be. I don't know, maybe as I got older, I found it a little bit more boring or whatever, but. I'll watch some Yankee games. I'm not going to watch other games. I don't really care about any other team, really. So, if the Yankees are having a good team, or they're playing a good team, I'll check it out. I still root for them. I'm not a bandwagon team, because if the Yankees suck, they suck. I'm not going to all of a sudden become some other team. No. Okay? I'm a New York Giant. I'm a Yankee fan. And I'm a Ranger fan. For life. That's never going to change. So, it doesn't really matter how bad or... Or how good they are. I'm still going to root for them. That's just the bottom line. you need some some Greek frappe. Mouth is getting dry. So the documentary was awesome. Never knew about the team. Never knew about the history of the team. Never knew it existed. Um... Without giving away too much... Listen, it's an hour and 20 minutes, right? So it's a very fast-paced documentary. Lots of good information. I like the storyline. I know the music was cool. So it's definitely... If you're a baseball fan or a sport fan, 100% recommend it. Because I did not know anything about this. So I thought that was that was pretty good. And then when I was watching this, it made me realize... Kind of how I do miss baseball. And I wish I could play it more often. But I don't know more. Probably the last time I played any kind of organized baseball. Listen, I want to start off saying I never played for a real team. I like I didn't have a real jersey or, you know, we made custom jerseys when we used to play with our friends in like bar league and shit like that. But And I played baseball and softball. So, just never for a team, never for my school, never for a college, none of that. Just a bunch of friends or just a bunch of guys in the league. Whatever amount of team. So, you know, I do love playing baseball. I just don't play it no more. I, I miss the batting cages. There used to be batting cages over here in my neighborhood. Now they're gone. Uh, the next batting cage is available to me. Is at least Chelsea Pierce. And obviously right now, <clears throat> no one's going to Chelsea Pierce. So that's a wrap. But, um, I, I love baseball from a young age. Um, I played Wolf Bowl a lot when I was a kid. And I kind of learned how to hit a wiffle ball, cause the wiffle ball is meant, you know, when you hit the ball, there's a bunch of holes in the in the ball, so it it doesn't always go straight. It Might go left, might go right, and it's meant to play, you know, without gloves, a, a little yellow plastic bat, whatever. A lot of kids was trying to hit the wiffle ball like a stick, like a like a baseball. It's not a baseball, so. I kind of changed my stance and my swing to learn how to hit. I try to hit the ball down mostly. And I really got good at aiming it at other kids. So if you're shortstop, second baseman, third baseman, I'm trying to hit it towards you but also at you. And I got pretty good at it. And a lot of kids used to, you know, there's no glove. They used to maybe flinch. Oh, shit, the ball's coming. And I would at least get on base. I didn't have a lot of power back then. And I noticed if I try to swing for a home run, you would just pop up the wiffle ball. Wiffle balls suck. Okay, I hated it. But that was really my first uh, way into the sport. And then I started playing a little bit of baseball in junior high school. You know, playing stickball, baseball. Now most stickball, at least in New York, you know, they play it in the streets. They bounce the they bounce the blue Spalding ball and they hit it with a stickball bat. And sometimes you watch footage, and you're like, that ball went nowhere. So, you know, what's going on? We used to play stickball all the time growing up. Um, Probably from like 13 to 20 to 21. I mean, that that's, that's a long time playing stickball. But stickball was our major way to do it because if we didn't have enough players, then what are you going to do? You can't play baseball, right? You need at least nine so who has that you know not everybody has that and then they have two friends waiting 18 friends 20 friends that have at least like an actual game so it didn't always happen so usually on the weekends we played softball or baseball depending if we had real pitchers we would play baseball if we didn't have pitchers we just played softball that's what it was i mean you can't play baseball if the freaking guy can't throw the ball over the plate You know, so softball was just the easier option for us. Um, But stickball was awesome. So we used to play it in St. Gabriel's uh, Parish, which was across the street from my house at the time. And we used to play the short way. Now, the short way was from... there's There's a playground. There was four basketball hoops, right? And there was a big area for, you know whatever it was there was no um it wasn't a playground really it was just a big you know I would say probably two hundred seventy five feet by i don't know fifty feet you know, nothing nothing that big, but it was a huge area and there were only four basketball hoops and a big area to play soccer or you know just play catch whatever all concrete but um some some older kids drew and spray painted a white box on the short side and the long side of the field so really you could only play stickball either long or short two people cannot play stickball long and short you're, you're going to get in the way the pitching mound was exact it's the same exact pitching mound from this long side to the short side now as kids we played on the short side because you only need Minimum of one person and two people in stickball, right? I'm pitching, you're hitting, and then we switch. It's one out or two out, whatever you want to make the rules. We did one out each if there's one people, two out each if there's two people, and anything more than three was just three outs. Depending on where you hit the ball, is where the fake runner went. So there's no stealing bases, there's no none of that shit, right? So if you hit the ball over the fence, obviously home run. If you hit the ball uh, on on the fence. You know, like hitting it, no bounce, boom, hit the fence, triple. If it did a one bounce and it hit the top of the fence, that's a double, and anything else was a single. So really, that's how you play it. You have to understand the rules. We play with a with a a, with a Spalding tennis ball and a Spalding ball bat. I used the tan bat. Cause I think it was the biggest and heaviest. And then they had a green one, they had a red one, and a blue one. And they, it all depended on the size and weight of the bat, which was the coloration, which I do not remember. But that's how we used to play it. Now, I used to always play stickball the short way. Well, I don't give a shit about anything else but hitting a home run. So I would golf every single ball I saw. And I swung like with all my might in every single swing. So I would tire myself out, but I swung for the f- I swung with every strength of my body, right? Now, I used to love Mickey Mantle, even though I never saw Mickey Mantle play, right? My father had a bunch of VHS tapes of him. There was always a documentary on Mickey Mantle. It was like The Legend of Mickey Mantle. Uh, my favorite number is 7 cuz Mickey Mantle, so You know watching him play i can only imagine how it is to watching him play back then and then hearing the lore and the legend of him now and i noticed when he swung bro he swung with every might he had too and i wanted to be a switch hitter so bad because of him but i could never switch it i mean i look like a freaking idiot trying to swing on my left side it's impossible so i'm I'm a true righty all around But I used to swing just like him, bro. I tried to mimic it and swing just like him with everything I had. And then being a Yankee fan, you know, I had lots of Yankee fans I liked. But to be honest with you, my favorite player growing up for me was Ken Griffey Jr. Okay? His swing was just absolutely beautiful. It felt like he wasn't even trying to swing. It just seemed like a natural... Beautiful swing. And when he hit the ball, man, see ya. Because that fucking ball's gone. And I remember all the kids had Jordans and, you know, whatever Jordans they came out with. And, bro, when Ken Griffey Jr. came out with his sneakers, I wanted those. I don't give a shit. Everyone had Jordans. I had Griffey's. Oh, my God. Those are, bro. I don't give a fuck. They're not ugly to me. I thought they were amazing. I love my I had two of them. They came in, like, a, a blue and a white. And I had both. My aunt got me them both, and I used to come home and I used to wash them with a with a paper towel and a toothbrush that I bought just for the sneakers. I kept those things crisp, bro. Okay? Everywhere I went, I got my Ken Griffey Jr.'s on, except for the baseball field, because it would get dirty. But other than that, listen, I'm wearing them. I wore them for a stick bowl, I wore them for everything. So I, I tried to incorporate more like a Ken Griffey Jr. Mickey Mantle hybrid swing. You know, like I said, I was never really professionally trained or trained with a coach at that time. So my swing was just, I swung for everything. And normally, if I hit it hard enough, the ball's gone. So I used to hit a lot of home runs, you know, in my early teens. Um, you know, then I got a job at the Board of Ed. Well, I worked in the, in the school, of St. Gabriel's Parish, cleaning schools. And I got a job at the Board of Ed cleaning schools. And they used to have me mop the the cafeteria. Now the cafeteria in Roosevelt High School, where I where I worked, there was four lunchrooms. So we had about 20 guys on the on the on the job working together as janitors. And we used to have this big ass heavy mop, which is probably 64, 72 ounce mop. And we used to pick all the tables up. And we had a metal a three metal bin mopping station, right? One had clean soap and water. One had just rinse water. And one, you, drew, you wrung it out. So you would take your mop and just dump it into clean water. And just smash that mop on the floor. And you would just wet the floor, soak it with that mop. Somebody would come in front of you with another clean mop. And then somebody would come behind you with a dryer mop. And then you just keep repeating the process until the whole cafeteria is clean. Bro, me swinging a 74-inch mop gave me, I don't know, I think, what are they called? By-your-neck traps, whatever the hell they're called. I mean, I had big back and arm muscles from swinging this. mop, And I used the same mop to clean the hallways, uh, a regular classroom. This mop was heavy, especially when it was wet. And how I mopped was the same way with the cafeteria. When I finished my my cleaning in the classrooms, I went to the hallway, slapped water on the floor, got the whole floor soaking wet. Came behind it One other Slapped it again And I just dried it And dried it And dried it And I'm telling you what It was the cleanest floor You could imagine I took so much pride In cleaning that floor And swinging that mop Gave me You know Muscles Um, From there I would say I was about You know 18 19 Whatever And then we had A little softball league That we played In Kennedy Not Kennedy Roosevelt High School other you know, other schools, whatever, a bunch of custodians got together, and we're playing softball. Now, my softball swing was different from my stickball swing. Because in a softball swing, the ball's not going to go as far because it's a softball, right? And you can't swing at a softball like a baseball. It's just you don't have the timings off and the, the density of the ball is different. So I used to stand back like I was chopping a tree. And I used to turn my wrist, my turn my like swing my hips, and then snap my wrist at the same time to hit the soft. And I would try to, I would try to swing earlier than I would, so I had to really train myself to do that to try to hit the ball earlier because I felt if you hit it earlier, right as the ball began to drop, I would just smack the shit out of the softball. Now, the problem playing with softball, we don't have a softball field, is that the guys who play in the outfield know you're hitting the ball hard. So they just keep going further and further back. So it's harder to hit a home run if you don't have a field. But when we did play in a softball field, I was cracking home runs all day. I mean, that's what I did. I struck out a lot, but I hit a lot of fucking home runs. Or I hit a lot of bullets. I mean, I would hit the ball. Like I said, I used to learn how to hit the ball towards people, maybe at them to get on base. I didn't care about diving, sliding. I slid on concrete once to save the game. I won the game for Roosevelt High School, you know, the custodial team, because I ran and I slid into home base. Nobody thought I was going to slide into home base. Well, I'm not going to get tagged out either. So, you thought you were going to tag me? No, I slid. Yeah, I cut up my arm. I cut up my leg. But you know what? We won the game. I don't give a shit. That healed. No big deal. Uh, I'm going to what? Just walk into into your glove? No. Didn't expect that and i used to slide in second i just slide in the outfield on the concrete you just learn how to do it so there you go slide bam cut your wrist put some aid bandage on it some alcohol move on um so my softball swing was a lot different now my uncle Brian played played softball in the army when he was in there we used to go to the batting cages all the time i was always in the batting cages with him and this fucking guy, I mean, listen, he used to hit bombs, almost missiles. He was a big dude. Well, he still is a big dude, but he's like six, you know, six. I would say six. He maybe he's six one, but you know, athletic, fit, especially when he was younger. And he used to swing the shit out of this bat. And then he used to teach me how to how to swing at a softball. So I kind of took some of his idea. Because like I said, it's different from hitting a baseball. And then in batting cages, we would do softball. We would do baseball. And I was in the batting cages all day. I know my friend Alex got his car. We used to cut school. And go to the batting cages in New York City. And just play from 9 in the morning to like 2.30 in the afternoon. Just swinging, 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 man. or Or bowling. Whatever. And then... I would say like, you know, from 17 to 20, I really started hitting the ball even further and harder. And at the time, I also helped coach both of my sister's softball teams. So Christy is five years younger than me. So when she started, she started in the third grade. Uh, So she was on a junior team from third to fifth and then uh the senior team from sixth to eighth. So basically the same girls that were in the in the the minor league team or the junior league team, they would all graduate to the sixth grade, eighth grade team. So I used to coach them and help them. I mean I was not doing the coach, but I was like I assisted then I wasn't the coach coach. Don't don't get it twisted. I helped, I assisted. But uh, I, I told Kurt how to swing, and their coaches told me how to swing. We used to do softball practice, and then sometimes me and the coach would just hit the ball. And even they were impressed that, like, man, how, my swing. Alex had a good swing, too, but he wasn't hitting home runs. But my man was contact. I mean, he stri- striking out Alex was pretty difficult. My man was probably like Ichiro, you know? So he just got on base all the time. He was athletic, too, but he really had no power. My sister Christy had power, like me. And I, me and my uncle, my stepfather Danny, the coaches told her how to swing. And she would just fucking line that shit up and smash that shit through the roof, bro. So she was strong for her age. And she also played stickball with me. So she's playing stickball with, you know, 13-year-olds, 14, 15-year-olds. And what, what she's 8, 9, you know, 10, whatever how old, 5 years. So think about that. So she she already had a little bit of a head start against older kids especially males at her at the time and we would coach them and my sister won the championship uh she won the championship six times in a row she lost her third grade year but she won fourth and fifth and she lost her sixth grade year but won her seventh and eighth so six years in a row championship i mean that's amazing right then my little sister katie was the exact opposite. She could run. She could make contact. She had no power. But even if she hit a single, she could make it a double because this little bitch was lightning. I mean, I've never seen anybody move their legs as fast as she does. So she's she was out, definitely out. Um, she also won. She also won the ch- to the championship six years in a row. Except it was the exact opposite. She won third uh, third and fourth grade, lost fifth grade. And then she won 6th and 7th, but lost 8th. But 6 years in a row, championship. Same coaches. Pretty much all the older sister, all the older girls from my sister's age, their younger sisters play with Katie. So it's kind of like almost the same team, just the younger siblings. So that was pretty cool. So that helped me, you know, learn more about the sport and swing or whatever. And then as we got older, you know, like I said, 17, 18, 19, we started playing stickball The long way. Now, I wrote some notes down because this might be a little crazy, but listen. Crazy or not, this is the truth, okay? According to Google Maps, now if you look at Google Maps right now and go to St. Gabriel's Church in the Bronx, they're obviously developing a new, I guess, luxury building uh, where the rectory is on that same block on, on Arlington, or Netherlands, depending on what the entrance is. It doesn't matter. Um, so that there was an original red wall there. There used to be a brown house, and that house is gone. It's been it's been gone for a while, but now it looks like the house that replaced it is gone for this luxury building. So the red wall. I told my sister to take to take a picture of it for me. Um, I did post it in my story. So if you follow me on at the Chronicles of a Gamer. I posted there, or maybe you follow me from you know at Bobby's underscore World underscore Podcast. Um, you might have saw it there too. I'm not sure if I did that or not, but according to Google Maps, from the red wall, okay, which was all the way at the end of the of the playground, to the first fence. Now, uh, Saint Gabriel, that used to also be a parking lot for the church, right? But they had a small gate they made to lock people out from playing overnight because there was no real locks. So they made this gate to prevent kids from going in at night, which is cool, no big deal. But when we used to play the long way, especially with the older kids, over that fence was the home run. Now that's two hundred and twenty-five feet, right, from the, up, approximately from the red wall to that fence. So very so often the older kids would hit it, like I said, with a with a, with a tennis ball and a stick ball bat. 225 feet okay I usually hit the ball to the top of the roof of the school the school's two floors uh, from the original red wall to what I approximate the original red wall like I said it's no longer there but from Google Maps I can kind of figure it out especially any kid from Riverdale can tell you um, from that red wall to the school or that's really yeah, for, yeah from the red wall to the school it's three hundred feet and two stories, and me and Gerard and what's this kid's name? I think his name is Matthew or something. The three of us, me more than them, but still the three of us used to launch the home runs on top of that roof. And every now and then, the custodian Brian would come down and you know throw the balls down. And he's like, "Stop throwing them up there!" I'm like, "We're not. We're hitting them at home." He didn't believe us. So we invited him to watch us play. So we, he got us some waters. One day he's sitting down on a milk crate, watching us play. And then when he saw me launch a ball up there, he was shocked. Right? Oh my God! You gotta play baseball for your high school. And I, like I said, I had no intention of playing sports for a team. It just wasn't for me. But now saying it now, I kind of regret it. Kind of wish I did. Uh, you know, my all my family did, except for me. My little brother was on a T. t- What'd you call it? t bowl league, whatever. But he wasn't really into it. Sport. He's more of a sports commentator, really. He he should. That's what he should do in his life. Be a fucking sports commentary, because he he definitely knows what's going on in the game. Um. But I did it a few times. He watched me there. Okay, you know, he was pretty impressed. And we played stickball. You know, not only in Saint Germain, but we played stickball in other neighborhoods. Played it in, in uh, one forty one it's a junior high school I used to go to. They had a wall. We used to play in um like Middletown when Gerard moved, they had a, a church wall. It was it was a lot bigger, but there was no school. We just played into the they had a fence into the woods. So with the home run was over the woods. I would approximately say that's about two hundred feet. So, you know, a lot of kids were hanging over the fence playing stickball wall there too. But we played softball and baseball. Gerard was on this on his high school baseball team and he was a lefty. He had power. So, you know, he's a hit on runs too, which is pretty cool. But then, you know, we started playing for like like I said, we play I play softball for the for the school. My mom's job had a softball kind of league where we got together with other people from the neighborhood and played. And we used to just um you know, pull do straws or pull them from a hat. To pick random teams, there was a, a captain. Either we picked or we picked names from a hat. Either way, um, playing baseball again, no real actual field, but Seton Park had three baseball fields. I basically two two baseball, one softball. But either way, it was it was filled. Um, and a lot of people knew I hit I hit home runs, so I couldn't really swing as hard as I wanted to because they would just back up indefinitely and then run forward so it kind of sucked but i still hit the ball hard like i don't i don't give a shit them I hit the ball to the other side of the, the other side of the field like way down by the catching mound and i don't care i crack right like i said i was pretty muscular and strong so i was hitting 300 foot home runs and stick ball okay at at that age and then just learning from my uncle and a couple other you know actual coaches who who were there You know, just turning my hips, planting that leg, and then I used to snap my wrist, man. I used to swing at everything. Sometimes I actually hurt myself, but I would swing with all my might and just crack this ball. And then one day, a bunch of us from high school decided to play an actual, you know, baseball. We had a couple, we had had a lot more than a couple. We had like, I don't know, 40, 50 friends I used to play on the weekends in Kennedy High School in the morning. The coach would let us play there. From what I remember at least I don't know if they spoke to me or not, but we used to go down all the time. Now, Kennedy High School baseball field uh is right next to the train tracks and then a uh, Metro North train track and then you have uh, Spite and Dival Crike uh, Spite and Dival Creek. And across from the creek was Columbia University's baseball team. Now we were playing with metal bats. We're not playing with wooden bats. Okay? And we used to do just baseball uh, home run derbies a lot. And I would crack the ball a lot into the train tracks of of the, of the baseball field. A couple of times I got it into the, you know, the, the Spine Devil Creek, which was pretty cool because everyone was cheering. it's crazy. And a lot of people did. It wasn't just me. A lot of people did it. But uh, during a game one time, I remember hitting the ball with all my might. It was, I don't know what pitch it was. I don't know what it was. It was in the perfect spot at the right time. And I swung with everything I had. And I must have caught the core of the bat with this ball. Because this ball flew into very close to the fence center field of Columbia University. Now, when I hit this ball, everybody stopped. They were cheering. I mean, I felt like the fucking natural. That's what it felt like. Even the, even the natural music popped in my mind because I cracked this bowl with all my might, dude. And again, according to Google Maps, I wrote down here, according to Google Maps, that was about a 400, no, it was a 665 foot home run. I did probably like, you know, 20, 21 years old. I was much more in shape and I had, I'm still pretty big on my upper body, but I was in much better shape. I'll see 21 than I am now 37. But um, yeah, according to Google maps, at least from home plate to that center field in Columbia university was 665 feet. Okay. I did it once during a game. And then for batting practice, a couple of years later, I did it again. Now, whether the ball went further or not, it doesn't matter, because I got it into Columbia University again, and that felt even. I felt like I hit that ball even harder than before. There were a couple of baseball fields where I knew me and my couple, my friends could not play, because we would hit the ball over the fence and into traffic, so it wasn't safe. For us to to play there, so we had to find baseball fields that had either woods or a, a, a netting. Like I knew I couldn't play baseball facing the white hole. I had to play baseball in the other field uh, with our back to the white hole because I would sometimes hit it over the fence, and you can crack a lot of the cars, That are parked cars. So that's you know that's, that's not really that's not really cool. So we didn't want to do that and get in trouble, but that was probably one of my greatest things playing baseball. You know, never a professional, never on a team. We made some bullshit jerseys when we played. You know, different kids. We played in, you know, Newburgh, Middletown. Gerard's friends had a bunch of friends. And a bunch of high schools there got together. That was not really organized. You know, just to play. And, bro, like I said, I just swung for the fence every every single hit. So, making me... Watching that documentary Made me hum- realize how much I love And missed it And I would love to go back to the batting cages Because I feel now You know I think I could still do it Is it possible? I don't know But I would love to go down there one day With you know my sisters My friends with a camera And just take some batting practice And see how, if I can even do it again I would love to do it again bro I think I could do it again Um, That would be awesome So at least 300 foot, maybe 310, 305 feet home runs playing stickball from St. Gabriel's to uh, the stickball wall from the Red Wall to St. Gabriel's Church, 300 feet, and at least 665 feet from Kennedy High School to Columbia University over the Spite and Devil Creek. That's a fucking Mickey, Mickey Mantle home run, bro. Okay? Hitting that ball made me feel like Mickey Mantle, dude. So, that was amazing. Uh, A lot of my friends were there. So, it's not like I'm lying about this. You don't have to believe me. Um, You know, do I regret not trying to play for a real league? Yes, I do. But you know what? What are you going to do? It's over, right? No big deal. Um, If my kid wants to play, if I have a kid and he wants to play sports, I'll encourage him. But I won't be that that dad, that uncle, that crazy. You know, oh my kid's the best. No, if my kid sucks, he sucks. He's got to learn, right? Like, that's how I learned. That's how my stepfather, my uncle, or my sister, if the coach made a decision, we didn't argue. He's the coach, not us. You know, and I don't think I would want to coach my kid because I'd be probably a bit more hard on him to to be better because he's my kid. But in reality, listen, my man, okay. I love you, but you can't fucking hit a ball. You need to sit down. We need to put up, you know, big Corey over here and hit the ball, or whatever, because you're not doing it. You know, oh, you want to pitch? Well, you keep getting hit. You gotta get out. You get, you gotta, you can't use your heart when you play a sport. You gotta use the the stats, bro. So you know th- that that so uh, you know that was uh, just an awesome memory that I got from watching that team because basically the documentary was about a bunch of kids or even adults who came from all over the world, well, all over America, rather, that, um, you know, weren't good enough or couldn't couldn't cut it in the major leagues, but obviously they did because they beat a bunch of minor league and major league baseball teams. So it is possible, you know? You don't have to give up on your dream. You don't have to be an MLB player to be professional. You can still be an awesome salt. There are many softball leagues out there, bro. There's many baseball leagues out there you can have fun and just have fun with. And I wish I had enough friends. Because I do have friends. It would just, literally, if all my friends get together, that's probably one and a half baseball teams. So what are you going to do? right? Can't play softball, can't do this. You could play stickball. But unfortunately, I don't know where stickballs are at no more. Because like I said, the San Gabriel uh, stickball area, that's gone. Uh, 141... Reconfigured their stickball area and they put basketball hoops so that's kind of like not good no more can't really do it uh, the, but the baseball fields are still there so there's always that so that was just uh, two of my most amazing Mickey Mantle home runs that I ever hit in my life I never hit that far again But I definitely would like to try now. So, you know, thank you for the uh, recommendation for the movie, for the documentary, George. I appreciate it. That was pretty good. Made me feel like, yeah, I'm waiting for baseball back again. And baseball apparently was coming back again. But now it's not because greed and stupidity. And this is why I feel baseball is just not what it used to be. Like, I don't know. For me, like I said... If the Yankees are on and so and they and it's on in a bar or my friend has it on, I'm gonna watch it. But for me to put it on now, it has to be like at least a a good team they're playing against. Because I, I lost the um I don't know. I feel like I lost it lost it's lost its magic for some odd reason. Uh it was exciting when they were when they were in the playoffs, they lost the Houston Astros. Despite the cheating or not, doesn't matter. It was exciting. It was a good game. They lost. I wasn't upset. Some of my friends were were cursing each other out and being upset. And like, bro, it's just a game, dude. You know what I mean? They're gonna change your life whether they win or not. Same thing with the Rangers. Like, I was heartbroken. I think it was 2014. They lost to the Kings. Uh, You know, my heart was broken because I thought they were gonna win after you know not winning since '94. But. You know, it was like they sucked or I'm upset or, okay, yeah, they lost. uh, A little heartbroken. I still watch them. It's not like I gave up on them. I still watch them. But I'm still more invested in hockey than I am in baseball. I feel like hockey at least is more fast-paced for me. Baseball is kind of getting too slow. I've always liked football. I'm a Giant fan. You know, Eli Manning, that's disgusting what it did to him. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, But, you know, whatever. I'm a giant fan. If they're going to do stupid-ass shit, we're going to do change teams. Nope. Not going to happen. I don't really watch basketball. So, I don't really care about basketball. I know other people do. I'm not saying I don't want it to be there. I'm just saying, for me personally, I don't watch it. I've always watched you know, the real football, thanks to my Mexican friends. Uh, I used to watch Mexican football. So, my favorite team was uh, Chivas from Guadalajara. So I just became a Chivas fan because they were Chivas fans. And that's the only thing I knew. So now I'm a Chivas fan for life and for Mexico. I started getting into basically soccer because David Beckham. So I became a Manchester fan. And then he left for Real Madrid. Then I became a Real Madrid fan. And then I became an AC Milan fan because he was there. And then, you know, the Galaxy... So I was a Galaxy fan in LA. Whatever. You know, then I kinda like then I started getting into it so I know Ronaldo and you know Messi, you know, Sergio Ramos, you know, Bale, all those people. So I really am for England, listen, for my English friends, if you're hearing this, I'm sorry, I'm a Manchester fan. Like, no disrespect. Red Devils all the way. I I'm sorry. Spain, I'm a Madrid fan. Because Ronaldo. Again, I followed Ronaldo. He went to Manchester. He went to Madrid. You know, and I was over there in Juventus. So, you know, now I'm a Juventus fan. You know, whatever. I followed, that, I followed my man, Ronaldo. So, that's my team there. And, and in Italy, I don't really get a lot of Italian games over here. But they're always playing Ronaldo. So, I might as well just be a Ju- uh, uh, Juventus fan because of him. So, you know, it is is what it is. I have my teams. That's my That's my teams. Football, I will follow the Steelers Because so my cousin Scott was a Steelers fan You know, rest in peace to Cousin Scott So he was a Steelers fan So I'll follow the Steelers But that's really it I don't really have a secondary baseball team I don't really give a shit uh, Football, like I said, the Steelers Hockey I used to like the Red Wings They're not in the Rangers Conference So I don't care I thought Steve Eisenman back in the day was amazing They had a great fucking team um, Soccer. I don't really have secondary teams, really. You know, I mean, I can always pick. You know, if Chelsea's playing Liverpool, who I, who I, who I'll pick. I, you know, I don't give a shit. But Manchester fan. So, you know, all these memories came from just watching that damn documentary. So, George, I appreciate it, bro. Thank you very much. Um, so that's pretty much it for this episode. I know I told my brother Scott we're going to do it, and we're almost done. I I don't know what the delay is. Who the hell knows what's going on, but we got to figure it out. we got to get together, and we'll have the Spider-Man. I'm done with my part. He's done with his part. Our part has got to come together. He got a mic. We have Zoom. I got a laptop. It should be good. So uh, that's it for Episode 22. I appreciate everybody listening. Thank you for all the new listeners. If you found me from the podcast, I appreciate it. If you don't know, I have an Instagram. It's at the underscore uh, chronicles underscore of underscore a underscore gamer, and then obviously the my podcast is Bobby's underscore world underscore podcast. Uh, you can also check out precisely podcast. You could check out the unofficial controller podcast. You could check out uh, The Ghosts of Gamers Past, the GOGP show. He's got a good podcast going on there. And then Harvey Retro and the Trash Tapes. Listen, even if you didn't see the movie, their commentary and their love for film shows, and you have to hear it. I mean, it's spot on. So those are my boys over there. You can support them too if you listen to mine first. (laughs) But uh, thank everybody for all the new listeners. I appreciate it. And then I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace out.